Am I okay? Is this the other side? <laughs> Am I gone? It's like when Russell Crowe in uh, a Coliseum movie or whatever it's called. Gladiator. If you wake up in a field of green, you don't worry, you're already dead. I think that's what just happened to me. Wow. <laughs> that sound stopped. I'm already dead. This is what it'll be like on the other side. I'll still be on a radio show. Oh, no. <laughs> God's listening. He writes lots of angry emails. Your show's been really disappointing lately. You hate <laughs> to get that email from the Almighty. Scale of 10. Game of Thrones. Last night. 1 on 10. Oh. 10 being the best. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Sean. Four and a half. Oh! Cynical! There we have the cynical millennial generation. Are you like... Shame! Shame! (laughs) Shame for you! Like compared to previous seasons? To itself, yeah. Just compared to itself. Of a satisfactory ending from from my perspective of it, I I, I was not pleased. Yeah, I don't don't get bitching for bitching's sake on stuff like this, but on the other hand, like a lot of my favorite bands, their last... or, or artists, their last four or five albums... Not even close to their first couple. Mm. Not even close yeah. in terms of quality. Yeah. It's just the way it works sometimes. It yeah. doesn't make them bad people. or anything. I'm, I guarantee you they're trying. <laughs> oh, I'd send them angry, angry tweets. <laughs> but they're just not as good as they used to be for whatever reason. They only uh. had so much creativity in them or they grew out of it or whatever. Yeah, well, Sean will have his 30-second Game of Thrones update a little bit later on, but I, I thought it was creative. I thought it was interesting. And, you know, like I said, it's seven, seven out of ten. It's not. Uh, it's not a ten, Jack. It's a seven. <laughs> and so much of it too is. It's hard for me to separate the act of whatever that hour plus of TV that I watched last night was, and understanding the the kind of the bigger narrative of the showrunners seemed to just be kind of over it and wanted to move on and get to something else. So they just kind of wanted to wrap stuff up really quickly, and that yeah. felt very prevalent throughout the last season and a half. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Grant you that. Uh, it's like, you know, the papers do at 4 o'clock in the morning, or, you know, at class, and it's uh, at 8 o'clock, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, you got to wrap that thing up. <laughs> Doesn't matter if some great new point just occurred to you. No, you got to finish it. So, yeah, had a bit of that. I've never done that. Uh, listen, we could talk about the West Coast bum explosion every day because there's a, a, an amazing story in the news all the time. Uh, you know, the capital of California spent millions of dollars in Sacramento, and, and they only got a few people off the street permanently at, at a high cost. And a lot of it was people who said they just couldn't get their couldn't get a state ID or their Social Security number. The millions of dollars being poured into that, there's not an office of helping you get a driver's license or whatever. And, and, and hundreds of people who just wouldn't give up their pets, so they couldn't put them in housing. I got a buddy who was telling me about a uh, relative who he's supporting because this relative just will not get their act together. So I just think about this particular individual person. What are you going to do with that person? He uh, he's he's supporting this person. Otherwise, they probably would be on the street, but just won't get their act together. Numerous attempts to help. Financially, all kinds of different ways. They just won't get their act together. There's a lot of people like that in the world. Right. I know a lot of the soft-hearted don't want to don't want to admit that. There's a lot of people that just won't get their act together. If you say sink or swim, some people will sink. Some people can deal with that. Some can't, which is fine. Then you got the drug addicts, which is its own thing. Yep. And if people don't want to quit, I don't want know what you want to do. Then you got the whatever percentage of uh, it is mental illness. And I just spent two days in the hospital with my son because he's got mental issues. 
spending who knows how much money has been spent now. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably. Wow. And and how many hours and maybe a dozen different doctors and everything like that still trying to figure out, what are you going to do for every individual mentally ill person? Just realistically, what are you going to do? You're going to put the, the kind of effort I've been putting into one kid for each individual person to try to get them in a position where they can support themselves? Yeah. Is that even doable? Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough. And it's complicated, but people shout slogans at each other. Somebody I love very much said to me, there's a lot of talk about it, but when are they going to do something? I said, what do you suggest they do? Well, that's what I'm always saying. Right. Even for the mental ill. And Ill, will it work? If you're mental, that couldn't suck more, that your brain doesn't work well enough that you can right. support yourself. Right. But I'm not exactly sure what we do. Right. And, and just pitching enormous piles of money at it makes that person who we're talking about feel good. And they feel like the problem's been solved so they can cleanse their conscience and feel like they're a good person because they advocated for that. You haven't done any good. All you did was take a like a psychic opioid to dull your senses. That's what your other people's tax money bought. It's your conscience feeling better. And I just I the the dreamers and the the soft-hearted of the world, we need them desperately. A world without them would be an ugly world and a world without compassion. On the other hand, you've got to have some grown-ups at the table. I only brought it up to very briefly mention that a California veteran was riding. He was a passenger in a, in a minivan. And this crazy, I'd heard he was a bum. I don't know it for certain. This bum takes this tripod he'd stolen from the California Department of Transportation crew and throws it off an overpass. This is the nightmare if you're driving. Goes right through the window, punctures this guy's... It, it speared him like he was Game of Freaking Thrones. Right through his lung and out the other side. This guy is going to survive, thank God. This veteran who was just riding along, you know, in a car. Um, and they've arrested the guy on uh, attempted murder charges. But these things happen just all the time. And hey, we got this text that's worth mentioning. So um, we were talking about one particular county, and one of the excuses for why the, why the whole homeless help program didn't work is, I can't get an ID. Somebody texted, the in this county, the sheriff homeless outreach team holds hope events all over town where DMV sets up a booth to make free IDs on site. This is not a justified excuse. Right. So you make right. that excuse. The media, no no blame on Marshall, but the media will re- repeat it. And then people say, oh, geez, that would be bad. Yeah. Nobody digs deep enough to find out. No, it's it's made available. Once again, it's people who, you know, there's a, there's a chunk of people. I'd like to know what the percentage is. But there's a chunk of people that just aren't going to help themselves. Right. They're not willing to get rid of their dog to get in a homeless shelter. They're not willing to walk over there to get their ID. They're not willing to do anything. Right. And that's what I'm talking about when I say grown-ups need to be involved. So you got uh, some guy, he won't give up his dog. He loves his dog. I love my dog. Um, and so he can't get housing. Okay, what are you willing to spend? And keep in mind now, it's the government taking people's money, and you don't get a choice, taking money by force. Is it because it's going to be many tens of thousands of dollars, as we were just discussing, to get somebody in housing then continue to pay for that housing? Because it's doubtful that they'll have like a solid career within two years, a lot of these people. So are you willing to spend... The $30,000 to build a shelter, house them for a while, go through the programs and get them into an apartment. Um, but then he, he has a pet, so that's not enough. Okay, are you willing to spend another $100 a month for the pet deposit? 
or maybe it's a thousand dollars up front for a pet deposit. Is that okay with you as a taxpayer? What if that person never gets a job? Are you willing to pay that cost for the next twenty years? Are you willing to pay, uh, you know, all of his pet's medical bills and and the rest of it? Because this guy's more or less indigent. I just I want to have those discussions before you grab people's money that they worked hard to earn and say no 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 I'm going to give it to somebody else for my conscience sake. I just find it very annoying. But do I smell like cat urine? Does anybody notice that? Not noticeably, and uh, and I'd I would say something if you did. I, 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 that's fine. What has what has occurred? Uh, I got in my uh, my SUV yesterday. Decided to run an errand last night. Almost didn't. Glad I did. So I turn on some music and I hear a ah noise. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I died. I just back over our dog because my wife ran over our dog recently. I thought maybe it was one of those crazy rock and roll singers on the radio making their ah noises. But no. Laura ran over our dog a while back. Oh Lord, I bring that up to her all the time. You didn't run over the dog again, did you? Oh my! Um, she oh, just ran over his oh, paw. It ended up being fine. Oh, but uh, she did run over the dog. Somebody shot my paw, as the old joke goes. Dog should get out of the way. But <laughs> oh boy. Um. But anyway, so I heard a noise, and I thought, was that the song, or did I hit the dog? No, there's the dog. And then I actually was slowing down to rewind the song to see if in the song they have a weird noise all of a sudden. But as I was rewinding the song, I heard, no, that was a cat. That was inside my vehicle. (laughs) Right. That was a cat. Wait a minute. So I stopped, and I didn't see a cat, and I opened my door, and I walked around, and then I saw a cat run out of my my SUV. I'll be dang. One of our cats. We've got two cats. I have no idea how long she was in there. No idea. I don't know how she got in there or how long she was in there. Wow. And if I hadn't run that errand that I almost didn't run, she would have been in there until this morning, in which case she would have definitely mm. uh, left a little surprise for me. Oh, my. And as we all, if you've ever had a cat, their their little gifts, uh, they, they, don't, they don't wash off. There's no getting rid of that. Yeah. It's a sick enough. you got to tear up the carpet and the padding. And... So I'm trying to figure out if the cat urinated or defecated in my, uh, in my vehicle. You know, somebody emailed us that on the home box office show Deadwood that was popular for a little while, that uh, the main character said, liars smell like cat, I'll use the more delicate term, urine. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're just a liar. You liar. Now I spit, drop some F-bombs, and punch somebody in the head. But I don't smell like cat urine. I can't tell if my vehicle smells like cat urine. I kind of felt like it did on the way here, and I thought, I'm going to get that smell on me, and then I'm going to be... Oh, yeah, Jack, the guy who smells like cat urine, that's who I'll be for the rest of my life. Well, it's old good. cat urine Jack, they call him. <laughs> yeah, old C-U-J, Kudge, they call him. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know whether you smell like an animal's excrement or not. <laughs> it's good you, to know. You don't. And only your friends will tell you. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A new survey ranks the Boston accent as one of the sexiest accents in America. But keep in mind, the survey was conducted by Catastrophic Hearing Loss Magazine. (laughs) 
Hey, did you see that Tony Robbins, the guy with the big white chiclets, is the latest, uh, perhaps, creepo caught up in the Me Too thing? He's a motivational speaker guy, right? Right. Got a bunch of uh, women who claim that he would shower around them, ask them to come in the room, and he was taking a shower. Just to save time, why don't we... uh, The usual. Oh, man. His lawyers say he was never intentionally naked in the presence of staffers. And that Mr. Robbins does not recall whether or not he was ever naked in the presence of staffers, which is really weak. <laughs> I don't recall if I was ever naked in front of the people I work with. I may I just, have accidentally been naked well, on my staff. Might have been, I might not have been. I just, I don't, I don't really. That is that is so weak. Wow. <laughs> I have a penchant for tearaway clothing. Sometimes it's, whoops, it's gone. See, I, I, I shower a lot. I'm very sweaty. I don't remember all the people I've been naked in front of like everybody else on Earth does. Sure. And oh, oh, the time I was accidentally naked in front of a couple of my coworkers or one of them. Now, I'd forgotten about that. Said no one. Right. <laughs> Please. That, that, uh, that, he's in trouble. If, you, if that's your best year lawyers can come up with right now, I think he's in trouble. Seriously, you got to picture the scenario. You're, you're, you got a coworker or maybe a, a client or a prospect or somebody work related. Somehow they're in a room where you're going to be showering or coming out of the shower or whatever. Number one, how'd that happen? Uh, yeah, that's never happened and, to me. And number two, you think maybe they're not there yet or whatever. You walk out and you're bare-ass naked. Someone of the opposite sex. Right, exactly. I would remember that the rest of my life. Right. No, I would I remember the look on their face when they saw me. I don't really recall. I uh, I don't think I've ever been. Not to intentionally. I mean, uh, certainly. Uh, I may have been. Come on. <laughs> I know, it's pretty weak. And it's interesting to me, I assume that these people, Charlie Rose, Harvey Weinstein, all these different people weren't talking to each other, so they all independently came up with this idea of, I'll tell them to come in here, hey, I need you to take some notes while I'm naked in the shower, Right. and then hoping that they'll go so gaga for my naked bod that right. they can't keep themselves off me or something. Number one, or you ought to read a book about women or meet one once in a while. <laughs> I mean, that's not the way it really goes. It's not, that's not the way to get a, a gal interested. Well, you're already naked. Let's fornicate. Doesn't happen like or that. Or it's purely a power move that I don't understand because I don't have that kink. Mm. You get so much sexual or power thrill, I don't know, out of you had to see me naked and pretend like it wasn't a thing because right. I'm such a big deal. I, yeah. I, get, I don't know. But so Biden may have that, though. And I don't know if that's still hanging out there as he's expanded his lead in the polls. Um, nationally, there are stories out there. Oh, the skinny dipping. That he was walking naked in front of, you know, people who work for him. Yeah. And isn't that very similar to what Charlie Rose and Tony Robbins, at least that portion of what they're accused of? Seems to be. It's either a power move or a sex move. I don't know which. Weren't the Biden people like security You should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, they were security, uh, secret service people, I think, or some sort of security. I thought it was other staffers as well. But I don't know. But you don't don't have to swim naked. Right. So... Unless you just really feel like you've got to swim naked. Maybe he uses his, uh, his you know, his unit as a, some sort of rudder. Changes its direction. He just, uh, I don't know. I'm just so I'm weird. Asking. God, I'll tell you, be on the list of things I really don't want to have happen. There's a bunch <laughs> of the women around here see me naked. Right. <laughs> God, I do not want that. What are you doing here in my hotel room? Well, you told me to come up and you gave me the key and I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I guess I'm a little early. Oh, man. No, you'd forget that. Sure you would, Tony. Sure you would. So listen, I wanted to get to old uh, Justin Amash. He's a Congress guy from Michigan, and I like him. I like him a lot policy-wise because he's a small government, real libertarian guy. He's not. He he doesn't say that on the campaign trail and spend the country into oblivion 
once he gets into office. He's the real deal. Um, and he came out the other day and said he believes that um, President Trump committed impeachable offenses and that Attorney General William Barr, quote, deliberately misinterpreted, or I'm sorry, misrepresented Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report. Contrary to Barr's portrayal, Mueller's report revealed that President Trump engaged in specific actions and a pattern of behavior that meet the threshold for impeachment. Uh, he argued lawmakers have become too afraid of using impeachment to deter presidential misconduct. Impeachment, which is a special form of indictment, does not even require probable cause that a crime, like obstruction of justice, has been committed. Simply requires finding that an official is engaged in careless, abusive, corrupt, or otherwise dishonorable conduct. Amash wrote, well, and listen, he's perfectly entitled for that opinion. He ran it up the flagpole, and not many people are saluting, including most rank-and-file Democrats. Hmm. are thinking, nah, we're not going to do that. So... So I assume you guys covered... Oh, and Trump tweeted that he's a loser. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> You're a loser. I assume you guys covered on Friday Barr's uh, interview he did in which he said, I have more questions now than I did before. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a heck of a thing. About in terms the origin of, of the investigation into the Trump campaign, right? Yeah, on that end of the back and forth, whether it's impeachment or that. Yeah. And we talked about how now all the players are starting to snipe at each other and yeah. turn on each other. Comey and, and, and uh, what's it, Rosenstein and others. Good stuff. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, U.S. troops on high alert again in Iraq. Abortion roaring back as a campaign issue and rejiggering kilograms planks constant raising its theoretical head. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Planks constant. You got to get what? into it. Everybody's talking about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> So I was at the hospital for a couple of days with uh, my son, and I was going to talk a little bit about price and cost and how that whole thing works, just because where we are currently with insurance, nobody has any idea what we're paying for anything wow. at any point, and um, that's got to get fixed. There's no way prices will ever come down if nobody has any idea what they're paying for anything. The person taking in the service doesn't know nor care what something costs. Yeah, that would lead to some strange things happening. Mm. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, members of the U.S. military in Iraq now on high alert after a rocket attack. There was a single rocket that landed outside the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, but no casualties have been reported. On Twitter on Sunday, Trump wrote that if Iran wants to fight, that will be the official end of Iran. Meanwhile, today, the Saudis are claiming... That would have been an extraordinary statement in past years by other presidents. I heard that from Trump and just, oh, yeah, it's just the sort of thing he says. Well, that's fair enough. If we go to war with Iran, we'll try to wreck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no okay. doubt. Meanwhile, the Saudis are claiming Iranian-backed Houthi rebels fired missiles today at the holy city of Mecca, but the Saudis say they managed to shoot them down. See, here's where it gets a little weird for me. Yeah. I mean, Iran, for all of its sins and its screwed-upness, are they're not so crazy or stupid to launch two attacks on, like, extremely hot-button targets. The U.S. in Iraq, uh, on the one hand, and, and Mecca, for the love of Allah. Right. I mean, if you do that, I mean, you're swinging at the biggest guy in the bar. Why would they do that? Two pathetic and inadequate attacks. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I, my eye is on old MBS. The, uh, the the nutty leader of uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's something going on here. 
Abortion has come roaring back as an election issue for 2020. President Trump appearing now to disagree with the severe restrictions on abortion rights that were approved recently by several states. He was tweeting, as most people know, and for those who would like to know, I am strongly pro-life with three exceptions. Rape, incest, and protecting the life of the mother. The same posture taken by Ronald Reagan. That is what Trump tweeted the other day. Which uh, over the weekend, several uh, ad- adults that are, are products of rape, uh, they got together because they're saying, why Why do we not count? That, that is a tough moral argument to I'm make. I'm a human being over here. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're going to go with that's a human being in there, then why do you get to kill it if it was a rape? That's, that's a tough one. Right, the baby doesn't know. Meanwhile, Democratic presidential candidate... Uh, and, and, and I'm sorry, but, you know, on the other hand, I get the other side of oh, the heck issue, too. yes, of absolutely. Course. And you've got, you know, 12-year-old girls who are uh, raped, often incest as well. Um, do they have to carry the child to full term? You know, these are these are thorny issues and always have been. But if you, yeah, but if you're going to stay consistent in what your argument is, it's difficult. Right. Democratic presidential candidate South Bend Mayor Pete is saying he trusts women on whether to have late-term abortions. During his Fox uh, News town hall last night, he deflected a question about the late-term abortions. Fox News anchor Chris Wallace asked him if he believes there should be any limit on a woman's right to an abortion at any point in their pregnancy. And the bottom line is, uh, as horrible as that choice is, uh, uh, that woman, that family may seek uh, spiritual guidance. They may spe- seek medical guidance, but it's, that decision is not going to be made any better, medically or morally, because the government is dictating how that decision should be made. Well, the reason, uh, sir, with all due respect, the government might dictate that is that the kid has a say. The kid, according to most Americans, at that point in its fetal development, right. is a human being that has rights as well and deserves some sort of representation. Um, The idea that the government should defend those who can't defend themselves is not a notion that Pete Buttigieg fights all the time. He's in favor of it. So, you know, but at least he conceded it's a horrible decision. Why is it horrible, Pete? Why would that be horrible? Talk about it like adults. You know, most of politics is <laughs> for people who want to talk about things like adults shouting slogans. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders made a SCOTUS pledge vowing to only nominate Supreme Court justices that support the Roe versus Wade decision protecting abortion rights. Would I ever appoint a Supreme Court justice who does not believe in defending Roe versus Wade, who does not believe that a woman has the right to control her own body? I will never do that. I didn't figure you would. <laughs> There's a shot. There hey, go. did you see Lindsey Graham was tweeting about this? Bernie's mystery Soviet tapes have been revealed. Oh, I Unseen heard about this. for three decades. A Politico reporter viewed hours of footage from his 1988 honeymoon to the USSR. What was said and done will shock you. All right. We'll get to it eventually. Bernie Sanders' honeymoon tapes. He'll still tapes. be a crazy old socialist <laughs> tomorrow. Did Bernie Sanders' honeymoon tapes uh, include any sex? No. You know it did! Is that on Netflix, or how do I see that? Uh, it lasted longer than the Soviet Union! I'm not bragging! Did he play hockey with Putin? (laughs) Turns out scientists are changing what makes a kilogram a kilogram. For more than a century, the mass of a kilogram has been defined by a platinum iridium cylinder that's kept under lock and key in France. What is a kilogram? About two and a half pounds? You call that iridium cylinder? Boo! 2.2. 2.2 pounds. Uh Uh-huh. 
As a physical object, however, the cylinder is subject to slight changes over the years. So now a kilogram will be defined through Planck's constant, Mm. an unchanging physics equation. A new system is rolling out today. Fantastic. I'll adjust accordingly. (laughs) Please. Wow. Wow. (laughs) The Raptors, Toronto Raptors, still battling in the NBA Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Uh, They managed to hold off the Bucks to win Game 3, 118-112. They need to learn to fear the deer. My new favorite (laughs) slogan in sports. I think they fear it. (laughs) Milwaukee leading that series 2-1. They're going to play Game 4 in Toronto on Tuesday. The North remembers. You got the the, uh, Warriors. They're going to be able to complete a four-game sweep tonight as they visit the Portland Trailblazers for Game 4. Warriors' Steph Curry, very, very confident man. We've been here before. We, uh, guys that are on the floor know how to play, know how to win, know how to make winning plays, aren't afraid of anything. There you go. Not afraid of anything. Man, has he got his swagger back. Yep. They know how to play and to win, make winning plays. They don't fear to win, to play fearful wins and winning plays without fear. So did you guys talk about what his brother said to him on the free throw line? Yes. So I just... Uh, we, we employed spies. Uh, we offered rewards. Anybody could tell us. But uh, I just thought it was interesting how he answered that after the game. He is really good and been coached up well on how to stay out of those controversies. Mm. He he looked off. He started to talk. He thought for a second and just said, hey, I was... Like we were back at Charlotte, me and my brother. We'll have to look at those highlight tapes. I mean, he almost went there and thought, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. <laughs> right, right. Good so, uh, you know, the NBA has charmingly, in my mind, allowed nicknames for cities on the jerseys. I think it's kind of fun. Sure. And they have actually had games where guys wore their nicknames on the back of their jersey, their personal nicknames. So I know the Warriors says Oaktown often. Well, it says town and then a big oak tree. Uh, what's Milwaukee's? Do they... Uh, Beer City, Sudsville, or I don't actually know. I I am not. Uh, we'll, we'll I don't look know. It I'll figure it out. No, yeah. No. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show. That is the conscience of the nation. Can you get an itemized bill from when you stay in the hospital? Is that even something you can get? Or? Yes. Yes, you can. I know, but aren't all the charges in code? It's, well, that's it yeah. goes to the insurance company. I don't usually see these things. Yeah, my can under, request it. I haven't seen one in ages. My understanding is you have to, uh, you have to know how to read them to read them. Oh, really? Or you I, won't be able to. There are acronyms and abbreviations right. and code numbers and the rest of it. I'd sure like to. I want to talk a little bit about that later because I spent in two days in the hospitals. I, I I don't know how the whole thing works. Uh, what you're paying for and what it costs. Mm. Or what stuff you might turn down if you knew what somebody was paying for. People who've spent their lives trying to understand this stuff barely comprehend it. Right. And they'll speak in generalities. It's it's nuts is what it is. And what's the thing you had something... Oh, Bernie's honeymoon. Oh, the tapes are out. Oh, I may oh. have dabbled in communism. <laughs> Him and Mrs. Sanders doing it is out, right? That's no, the video? No, that's, the honeymoon I think tape. misread the story. I've seen honeymoon tapes. Wasn't oh, that what boy. Kardashian the tape was? Nerf. I've seen these honeymoon tapes. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I got a buddy, he and his wife had a baby years ago and they didn't have insurance at the time. So they were getting some sort of help, I think, on the bill, but they were going to get a full-on bill for a baby being born. Most of us get a tiny bill and the insurance pays it. 
using my finger quotes here because that's all kinds of things. Yeah, you paid it in advance. Or all of us are paying for each other or however it works, depending on what it is. Right. Um, but he got an itemized bill, and then he then he realized when he got the actual itemized bill that when his wife was laying there and the nurse said, are you thirsty? Would you like some juice or anything like that? And she said, yeah, I'd take a juice. That that cost, you know, $15. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah. it wasn't just a complimentary with the room or something like that. And if you knew what all that stuff cost, you might, well, you would choose differently. You'd bring your own dang juice, for I, one thing. And I kept thinking about mm. that the two days I was there at the hospital with my son when uh, they'd stop. Because right around the corner is a little store there in the hospital. They got their own little thing where you could get coffee and juice. And it was very reasonable prices. Or ibuprofen or Tylenol. Yeah, or really cheap stuff. And I could get right. a coffee. Tissues. And, and I often wondered when they said, do oh, you want to bring him some juice or whatever? I thought, is that a $15 juice mm. that somebody's paying for? Or should I walk over there 10 feet and get one for a buck and a half? I don't actually know. And it's not their fault or anything, but it's just the whole system now and every aspect of it. You just, you don't have any idea what anything costs. Positive, Sean. Yeah, when I was getting some of my my moles looked at last week, I was shocked that every time I ask anything about price or cost, everybody just looks at me like, I don't know. I don't know. know. No, idea. Nobody has right. any idea. I don't know. Do, do you know they open out the door? Hey, do you guys know how much? <laughs> right. Nobody has any clue. Well, and as Craig, the healthcare guru, has informed us uh, and sent us an article I've been meaning to get to, I think the number is uh, the, uh, the insurance holding person pays 264% of what the non-insured person pays at the hospital through their insurance company and everything, um, or, or more than the, uh, I'm sorry, than more than a Medicare person pays. The only way Medicare can continue to exist is there's this grossly disproportional expenditure by other people to keep that artificially low, and the politicians insist that keeps happening because they don't want to take responsibility for the actual books of Medicare because they're too crazy. I mean, they're a mm-hmm. business that is heading for the cliff. Anyway, yeah, it is mystifying, though. So Bernie Sanders quite famously in 1988, quote-unquote, honeymooned in the Soviet Union. It wasn't exactly his honeymoon. It was shortly after he got married. Um, And for some reason, a Politico reporter viewed hours of footage that's been unseen by the public for three decades. One of those, the presidential... Um, you know, tapes get released after 50 years. One of the, I don't, he's a senator from Vermont. But anyway, he can be seen with his wife, Jane, handing out gifts in the Soviet Union to the mayor of a mid-sized city they've befriended. The mood is festive as the two bestow the items, a Beatles album, a red Bernie for Burlington button, some delicious Vermont candy. What year was this, did you say? 88. In a tape of tunes, Sanders recorded himself with fellow artists from Vermont, among other things. Uh, I've met many fine mayors in the United States, Sanders says, but I want to say one of the nicest mayors I've ever met is the mayor of Yaroslavl, which they were trying to get as, as Burlington, Vermont's sister city. Um, and on another point, a member of Sanders' delegation hands a Russian woman a small American flag. If you're wondering what's wrong with capitalism, it's made in Hong Kong. Sorry about that, he says. <laughs> um, now, earlier this year, two minutes of the long-lost video went viral when a staffer from uh, some channel... That's the shirtless Bernie video. Singing, this land is your land! This land is my land! From California <laughs> to the New York Island... Exactly. After relaxing in a sauna, then he's seen doling out the gifts to his Russian friends with a towel wrapped around his waist. They got him uh, sitting at a table under a portrait of Vladimir Lenin. 
Sanders can be heard extolling the virtues of Soviet life and culture, even as he acknowledges some of their shortcomings. There are flashes of humor, too, Jack, such as his host warning the American guests not to cross the KGB. <laughs> oh, good to share a joke with our foreign friends. That's not a joke. They're warning you. Uh, so, long and short of it, Bernie in the 80s was a peacenik and an anti-Reagan, uh, the, the, the ramp up in military spending, it'll bring us to nuclear war. That was his thing. He wanted to ramp everything back and, and, and have a happy relationship with the Soviets, which, you know, you could point out, well, if Reagan hadn't pushed them to bankruptcy, they would probably still be oppressing many more millions of people. Now, at least some of them are free. Um, but Bernie was for the pacifist uh, method of dealing with the Soviets and was over there. Um, you know, and listen, I don't like Bernie. I hate his policies. I think they'll be the ruin of America. But he wasn't exactly over there saying, how do we get communism in America? <laughs> no, he's trying to get a sister city going thing. It was a period, of, a period of glasnost and perestroika where the Soviet Union was opening a little bit. And as a peacenik, he thought, yeah, let's do this. I want to encourage that. But still, it's not a great look saying, oh, there's a lot you get right over here. It's nice. It's nice. Communism. Not a good look. That reminds me of a book I mentioned last week that I'm reading about another totalitarian system, what's going on in China. This book that came out just a couple of weeks ago called China Dream by a celebrated author who was banned in China. And uh, I've been reading I'm over halfway through it right now. It's, it's fiction, but he was at Tiananmen Square when that all went down, and he's been around forever. And and uh, as a journalist and everything, that got booted out of China when he started writing these books. But, man, it it's about China currently. His book is about China currently with Xi in charge and what it's like in China now. Wow. And if China. This, if this book is at all accurate. Right, sir. China. If this book is at all, at all accurate about what it's like in China right now, there's no way this is the future country to take so, over the world. So he's there's a, just no way. He's a journalist, but the book is fiction, but Correct. it's using fiction to tell truths about. Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's flashbacks to the Cultural Revolution, which he was around for, and and uh, and and now... And it just, it, I mean, that country is so screwed up. Oh, There's yeah. no way it takes over the world. I've been telling you that. I've been trying to tell you that. So, listen, you know, it's one of the, the mind-blowing themes of the book, The Things They Carried. Have you ever read that? I can mm. never remember the name of the guy who wrote Tim it. O'Brien, Tim O'Brien. One of my favorite you. books yeah. I've ever read. It's uh, One of the themes of the book is that sometimes if you tell the facts as they occurred, you will not communicate the truth. That sometimes to get the truth across, you have to write semi-fictional fiction, in other words, um, which blew my mind, but the more I thought about it, the more sense it makes. And so, yeah, that sounds like a really powerful book. But, yeah, you come for their demographic problems and stay for just the the oppression. You can only oppress people for so long before they get really, really tired of it. Oh, my God. And they're God. ramping it up. Yeah. I mean, even as they economically liberalize, well, you can speak to this better than I can, but they're they're exerting more and more control even as they let companies maybe have a little more economic liberty. His descriptions of the Cultural Revolution in the late 60s. Chairman Mao, starving, killing, etc. And, and how he was battling with one group against another group, and they both thought they were trying to keep Mao's dream alive as they killed each other in the process. And mm. It's just all so crazy. Yeah. And now he's risen up through the ranks, the character in this book, and he's gone on behalf of the government to convince these villagers they need to leave their village, that they've all lived there for centuries. 
Um, because, you know, it's part of the whole China dream. It's all going to be better for us in the long run. And they're resisting, and now they're rolling in the tanks and running people over. And uh, it's just, it's incredible. Interestingly, one of the themes of Game of Thrones, as it drew to a close, was the revolutionary who believes their ideas are so right, anything they do is justified. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the common theme throughout history. Yeah, absolutely. This particular, which is why you got people screeching in the streets and beating down, say, old people going to a Trump rally and saying, "Well, that's okay because they're fascist. My cause is so righteous. I can do things that are abhorrent in any other setting." Uh, well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to call those people out and say, "No way." This particular author, he was in Tiananmen Square in '89, so it's the 30-year anniversary of this book coming out. Of when all the students occupied the square there, and a lot of the world thought, okay, this might be the end of it. This might be when China has to reform. But mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, because he's interviewed all the people that, that, that lived through it, the Chinese rolled in tanks, and they just rolled over the top of them. It just was... Metaphorically? or n- No. Just squashed them literally, and machine gunned them. Literally giant heavy things just rolled through, and it was announcing bullets, get out of the way, we're not stopping. And they just Barbaric. rolled over people. And when people started getting squashed by tanks, the rest of them started running off. Yeah. That is wow. one way to win a battle. <sighs> Yikes. But that there's no way that country holds together long term. And this ends up being the century of China. No freaking way. No. No. They're not, they're, they've got horrible demographic problems, for one thing. Not having enough babies. And so oppressed societies are never going to succeed in the nope. long run. Never going to beat our uh, our system. There you go. Freedom, Jack. Freedom. Mm. You're, you're pro. Who's with me? <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.